Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengale sitting in the studio in Austin, and I'm joined by my cohorts, Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green. Les Kaiser, how are you, sir? Doing great. Everybody finish up those turkey leftovers? (laughs) What about you, Mr. Green? How are you? Did I miss Christmas? No, Les is still going back to Thanksgiving, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Gosh, for, I, I mean, I was sleeping heavily, but I didn't realize. Okay, good. I've already thrown out the, the turkey leftovers, Les, about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Uh, we've already Don't gone into, <laughs> into the gutter already. All right, hey, everybody, we got a great show tonight. We are going to recap a lot of the 2020 F1 season. It was really a pretty surprisingly great F1 season. We're going to talk a lot about that. And we've got some clips, a lot of clips from Gunther Steiner, because we've had him on the show, I don't know, three or four times this year, including right before the Australian Grand Prix got canceled a day before. And so we got those clips. We also have a clip from Yuki Sonoda, the newest or one of the newest F1 drivers, the, probably the newest Japanese driver since Kobayashi. So uh, we got a clip from him and we got lots to talk about. We're going to talk about our favorite races, talk about how the drivers did head-to-head. We're going to talk all about the Formula One season. And, you know, we got to got to realize that we were lucky to have a season. I guess most sports figured out a way to do it. Not all of them, but most sports figured out a way. And racing figured out a way to do it pretty good. I think NASCAR led the way. Wouldn't you agree that NASCAR led the way, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I have to say, when you really, you know, I mean, it feels like this year has been four years in one because it's been so long with everybody staying at home. Um, but um, yeah, if you go back to what was it, um, effectively, June, I really, think we, we lost Jonathan, but we we're all kind of sure that it he was, was just saying. Was we... go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just lost you for a second, Jonathan. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, NASCAR were the first to, to to jump into the into the fire, as it were, which was risky at the time because no one was NFL, baseball, nothing, uh, and they did it, and they did it effectively, and they got all the way to a chase, and they got a new champion in, in Chase Elliott. Um, incredible, um, and and I think to be honest, Formula One, uh, IndyCar, and many other motorsports followed suit, including Trans Am, which I was involved in. 
And so I, I take my hat off to, to what NASCAR did and how bold they were with Steve Phelps taking that uh, jump before anybody else and doing it well. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was a, was a noted person for getting COVID, but he was, he missed one race. So yeah. pretty, pretty darn good. Well, and you know, right before we actually got started with all the racing, let's not forget, we had some really interesting online racing. We had e-racing in Indy and then the virtual Grand Prix in Formula One. And then you had uh, all kinds of different series. And like you were involved in, in Trans Am, they did online racing. And really what came out of that, to, in my mind, is how we had some of these young drivers like Lando Norris and Charles Leclerc and George Russell, particularly who really shined in those virtual Grand Prix, and but also showed us some of their personality and gained some confidence. And, and I think I'm thinking George Russell. Remember how good he did? In fact, I think Russell won the virtual championship. It was a little, it, you know, some of the drivers didn't make all the races, but still, George Russell won the championship. And look how well he did. Look at the confidence that he gained. So I think that was part of this season, and I think it made a big difference. We got to see their personalities, uh, particularly uh, Lando Norris, who was just a superstar online. And, you know, some of the other drivers outside Formula, like we saw Connor Daly, who had already been pretty active on online in racing. We got to see his, uh, his rig that he had, which included, I think, a lawn chair and probably uh, a 10-year-old Xbox, but... It was it was fun watching all that and seeing how all the drivers did. You know, some of the drivers had ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar rigs, and it, it was fun to watch all that. But that was a big part of the season too. Did Les? I know you got into that. Did you enjoy that part of it as well? I did. I did. For one, you know, uh, the technology that's involved nowadays, and even these gaming systems, is uh, pretty serious stuff. They've they've really come a long ways in the past ten years. And the fact that the drivers are saying this is a legitimate training tool for us and it's great for practicing uh, certainly, you know, has its limitations. But the fact that they're seeing value of it at these top elite levels is uh, really is in some accolades for the gaming industry nowadays. Yeah. And go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with Les. I, I think it was, I think two things stand out to me. One was we did get to see these personalities much more than we ever do at a race weekend, um, especially people like Lando Norris and, and Connor Daly and so on. And I'm really, that, that excited me. But as Les said, you know, we got to see the practicality of these gamers. And for people who who may not have really understood how simulators work and how close these games are, I mean, just to sort of round it all off, Codemasters, which makes the uh, the Formula One game, the current Formula One game, and has done for many years, has just been bought by EA Sports here in Austin. And, um, you know, it just shows you, and, and a multi-million dollar deal too. So, you know, the games that are out there and PlayStation and Xbox and so on, yeah, they're a lot of fun, but they're also a real tool. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely a real tool. And I... I even set up a rig of my own this year so I could get on the tracks and learn some of the tracks as we had new tracks and everything this season. Look at you using the fancy words like the young kids. <laughs> yeah, man, I got my GTX 1060 video card and some other good, cool gear that I got, alert. <laughs> that got handed down from my gamer son as he went bleeding edge. So, but yeah, can that I was play a... my, my Nintendo ping pong on that. <laughs> you can actually, you can. <laughs> 
Uh, but let's talk about the season. We uh, we didn't get started until, what, July 5th in Austria. And we had two rounds in Austria. We had the 5th and then the 12th, which is what found, you know, Formula 1 did what they had to do. They announced our first, remember this, they announced 10 races, including back-to-backs like that at the same circuits. And that actually worked out pretty good. Uh, most of the season when we did that, it worked out really good. And, you know, as we move forward through the season, I had some of my favorite races, like, Remember early in the season when Hamilton won the British Grand Prix on three tires? Remember yeah. with, with Verstappen chasing him down? That was fun. And, um, and you know what, John, yeah. I, I also like the unpreparedness mm-hmm. of the fact that you hit the ground running. And that's true of NASCAR and of IndyCar and Formula One. It just added a little element of surprise that you weren't 100% sure whether you know, everybody was going to come to the table as prepared as normal because of the fact that they were all living in these bubbles and having to, you know, get their last minute and so on and so forth. So it it actually shook things up a little bit. And and even though if you look at the results of the final table, it doesn't look any different than a lot of other seasons. It was an enthralling season because of that. Yep. And, you know, we had had 13 different podium finishers in 2020, over 17 races. So that's... I, I mean, considering the last couple of years, I'll take that all day long. Um, going through the season a little bit, some of my little races that caught my eye, of course, we had um, early on, we had, oh, Gasly is what I was thinking of. The Italian Grand Prix at when Gasly won at Monza. Remember that race? Yeah. And I, that was a huge deal for Gasly. You know, we had, what, two people he Gasly and Sergio Perez win their first races in their career this year. Uh, remember the Tuscan Grand Prix? Remember eight cars didn't finish the race. I remember my my son called me. He didn't watch it live, but he called me. And he, he said, he, I, I just pulled up the standings. He goes, what the heck happened? How did eight cars not finish the race? There were so many good. But what about you guys? Those are some of my favorites. What about you, Les? You know, uh, I'm going to say it's more the destination. Seeing Turkey again on the calendar some of these uh things like that you know gosh i really wanted to see zanport there but uh i like shaking it up and seeing the different sites uh come onto the calendar and you know, when we had bob varsha on you know he brought it up how cool it would be to have a one-off race once a year that there's kind of a wild card if you will of maybe attract these guys didn't know inside out already and uh, get to go race I, I think that would be a fantastic idea for a season yeah, and I, I have to agree with um, Bobby Epstein, who um, said that um, what he liked about 2020 was just that, Les, which was these permanent circuits that are available, uh, but don't get a look in or haven't got a look in Portimao, Imola, Mugello, uh, and created some of the best racing we've seen um, at, at, at places, as you say, that don't have all the, the, the testing. Turkey, great to have back. Um, I, I give. I guess it gives a headache to those promoters who want to be part of Formula One, uh, but it helps Liberty open it up to uh, you know have more op- opportunities. My biggest thing from my takeaway from 2020 was what I hoped would happen, which was the the inter team battles. I thought were great, um, especially. I mean, Botas was definitely much closer to Hamilton than he's been in a long time. Um, you know, obviously it finished off with Album Woolly won't he stay. Um, and in the end, they decided to take Perez, but it was, you know, not a big surprise. But I thought the Sainz versus um, Norris battle at mm-hmm. McLaren was fantastic. 
Um, you know, even the Vettel Leclerc thing. I mean, that was a changing of the guard. There's no question that Leclerc basically said, I'm the future and proved it. Um, so there was a lot, there was a lot of inter-team battles that I thought were really interesting on a personal level. Yeah, I, you know, you just picked out one of my favorites, of course, Leclerc and Vettel. And, uh, you know, <laughs> qualifying, Leclerc had 13 to four over Vettel, finished 10 times ahead to three. There's a lot. Yeah, 198 points to 33 points. And here's a really interesting one. He led 585 laps ahead of uh, to 215 for Sebastian Vettel. So, I mean, just... Compare that to, um, compare that to uh, Norris 19 and Sainz 18 over two years. Yeah, that's such a good one, isn't it? You know... That's how close those two were. Yeah, that's awesome. And... Uh, what about, you know, one, th one that I wanted to look at was here. It is Perez versus Stroll because, yeah. you know, think about that. That's a good one, right? So um, so qualifying, Perez 10-4 to four over Lance Stroll, finished 4-4, to four and share of points, Perez 113-65. to 65, But laps ahead, Lance Stroll 366 to 267. You know, if you just look at some of those numbers, you'd think that, that Lance Stroll got dominated, but he really didn't. I mean, he did, but he didn't, and he had some high points, and he had some definite low points in the season. But, hey, guys, looked up. We need to look at the clock. We need to take a break, and let's go ahead and do that. When we come back, we're going to continue our breakdown. And remember, we got some great clips from Gunther Steiner and Yuki Sonoda. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello to everyone, this is Gunther Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. You can call in and join the fun if you want. We want to hear from you. 512-643-5483. 512-643-LIVE. And we were breaking down the Formula One season. I think I want to play some clips. We've got some clips that we had from our interviews with Gunther Steiner. You, you know, guys, you realize we have three full seasons of Formula One pre- and post-race shows behind us. I was thinking about it this show. I was like, was it two or three? So we're going to do our fourth season of pre-race and post-race with the BBC in between. You go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out how to listen to that. But I want to start with some of these clips from Gunther because I think, you know, Jonathan, we, we were talking about these clips, and I think that the one that I want to start with is Gunther Steiner on Kevin Magnuson. We've got, um, we've got some on Mazepin, and we've got a nice long one that talks about all the different, you know, the the – that they, all the different young drivers, but I want to start with this one on, on Kevin Magnuson because I thought it was a really interesting clip. So let's go ahead and play that one now. Yeah, I, I was interested to see, you know, with all these young people, they, they're naturally quick straight out of the box. That's why you choose them. But also sometimes they need, um, I guess, uh, a hand on their shoulder just to keep them um, in the right place at the right time. And I just wondered whether you had any, any thoughts on, um, you know, one of the two two guys that have been um, pivotal to the team sticking around or helping out, or is that sort of not something you'd be thinking of? Yeah, no, actually, Kevin came up to me uh, the last race and said, hey, if you need any help, I, I, I'm more than willing to come because there's a lot of small tricks in Formula One. If, if I can give them to the, to the young guys, uh, you guys have been good with me. I, 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 I want to be good with you. So we started to look into it because he announced, I think, yesterday or two days ago that he's going to IMSA racing with Chip. Uh, uh, next year in a Cadillac so uh, uh, when there is time but he said uh, he would love to come to uh, uh, to the test uh, as well you know but he will help us out but he offered it up himself you know so which is I think more than you than, than, than you can ask for you know that, that that shows how committed he is to the team he said I have no problem to come and help you you know so I, I said, I think I will pick him up on that one just to give the, the new gang, uh, young guys, because he has been with the team for four years, a little bit of uh, maybe a, a faster start with, uh, uh, with some tricks he learned over, over these four years. Yeah, Jonathan, you wanted to play that one. That's uh, it's, yeah. It, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think it's significant because it's a significant story. Um, you know, the, the choice that Haas made, and, and it is one of the biggest stories of the year, is that they've gone with two complete novices, albeit um, very experienced drivers in F2, including the champion Mick Schumacher, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but they've gone from two very experienced Formula One drivers to guys who've never driven in Formula One. 
Um, and that was, everybody said, what a risk. Everybody said how crazy that is and how do you, and, and Gunter, you know, we've got another interview, another clip where he explains why they chose those guys. But what I think is significant is it changes the game if you can genuinely get Kevin to be there for the weekend and advise these guys on, on protocol and things to look out for and, and, you know, just systems checks that he would know like the back of his hand. That will move these guys forward. And they've got a year of proving before these new regulations come in. So suddenly this decision to go with two novices now looks a lot more palatable. Yeah. And I, I love the uh, I love the fact that, you know, Gunther said it was his idea. And we're going to play that clip here in a minute. But, well, you know, um, I was thinking about the way Gunther went about this. And, I mean, it's been – it's really a, a – it was a horrible season, if you really break it down, for Haas F1. And I think he was at that point going, look – I don't really see how it's going to get a whole lot better next year. And we might as well get some of these young guys in and get some, you know, get some time under their belt. But, um, well, why don't we, let's hear one more from, uh, from Gunther Steiner. Cause I want to play this. Some, this is Gunther Steiner talking about uh, Fittipaldi stepping in, who did a fantastic job. And then I want to talk about how he did. So let's hear from Gunther Steiner and Fittipaldi. Hold on, we're gonna we're having a little trouble with that file. So, well, why don't we talk about how he did though? I mean, guys, he did. In my mind, it, it, considering what's going on with Mazepin right now, the way he's there's been some more news about him. How he now deleted his apology. Uh, he he did such a great job. But let's hear it from Gunther Steiner. We got this clip ready. Uh, as I said, it, 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 these young guys, they come so quick up to speed. Once you give them a car and a little bit of uh, the computer with data on, they, they, they move forward pretty well, you know. And as you said, uh, having a Fittipaldi back, I mean, uh, his grandfather was a, a double world champion. So, and uh, I would say uh, if you hear him talk, you can hear that he, that he spent a lot of time in America, even if he drives with a, a, a Brazilian license, you know. I mean, he lives in, in Davidson in North Carolina. He doesn't live so far from me. It's only 20 minutes from my house. So, you know, it's like, uh, it's good to have him here because he did, we had him around all year with us because of COVID. The risk was bigger that one of our driver could uh, get it and we need a reserve driver. So he, he traveled around the whole year with us at each race, race. And it must be quite boring just to wait of something going wrong. And then uh, the last three races, he asked me, Gunther, should I really go the three weeks away? Because we are not allowed to leave. We need always to stay this, this week, three weeks together. I said, if the chances are, if, if there is any chance that you get in the car, it will be there because we are away three weeks, three races in a row and nobody else can get in. So uh, he, he came and, uh, uh, you know, and here comes this opportunity. I mean, which is, uh, you know, in all the mess we are in in the moment, all the headlights we make, it's it's, it's quite a, it's quite good news. We give a, a young guy with a big name uh, an opportunity at least to show uh, what he can do in an F1 car, which is, uh, I think, uh, his dream coming true. Hey, well, Gunther, before... I, I don't know if you, uh, I, I don't know, I know your your negotiating skills are uh, second to none. So I'm sure maybe this isn't well known, but you did a two for deal, right? You got Enzo as well, the other Finny Paldi. <laughs> No, not yet. I, mean, I, I don't know what Enzo is doing next year. I mean, uh, they, I think they didn't know really, but uh, yeah, there is two of them. You know, there's, uh, you get two, uh, two, two for the price of one, you know. Yeah. I think their father, Google, would be okay with that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been nice, Jonathan. 
Uh, well, and in all seriousness, for those who don't know, Enzo Ferrari, uh, uh, Fittipaldi, Ferrari, Enzo Fittipaldi is in Formula Three. And as, if you remember, we had them both on the show um, uh, earlier yeah. in the season when they were going back from Hungary. But uh, he too is uh, evidently just as good. Um, but yeah, real. You want my impression? Uh, really impressed with uh, Pietro. Okay, if you if you're Gunther, would you consider? Fittipaldi instead of Mazepin. Now, I know this is a giant conversation because we don't know about the money and all the other things, but what do you, I mean, driver to driver, would you consider him? You know what? I was going to wait till Les, you know, got in on this, but you've asked the question. You know what? After what's happened with Mazepin, forget the money. Gene can suck it up. And I say, put a Fittipaldi in the car. The American race fans know exactly that name. Um, he's a good kid. He was born in Miami. He's the American we've been waiting for. And after eight uh, eight months without driving anything, after breaking his legs, look what he did. He was brilliant. He's he's polite. He he's the team like him. He you know I, I say Pope Mazapan, get him out of the way, uh, and let's have Schumacher Fittipaldi. Now there's a lineup that will bring Haas forward, regardless of the results in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Game on. I agree. Uh, I'd love to see him there instead of Mazapanis now that uh, the off-track antics have uh, come into play. Uh, it's just not what we want, uh, you know, regardless. Is there money behind it? Uh, there's money behind it. And unfortunately, that may be what's really coming into play in this. We know Gene is, uh, you know, reconsidering his budgetary situation and uh, he's in for another five years. But uh, he doesn't have all the money in the world. And so uh, he's not up to be in that Formula One, get out of the 1.5, as he called it. Uh, I'd really question Mezapan as a driver against Fittipaldi. Les, we also talked a little bit about, we had a caller call in during the season, and you talked about this when we were on our pre-show call, about the the Russian side of it. I mean, you know, with all the Russian stuff and the news and everything, you talked about that. You know, as a as a business, which we know Gene does well, I quite honestly questioned that he got somebody that was Russian on the American team right now. And that is not necessarily to do with what's on the track, but what's going on uh, culturally between the countries, socially amongst the borders of the United States. Um, I, I do question that. And, uh, you know, I worry about the riskiness. You know, it's sometimes difficult to do business in Russia. Uh, <laughs> things of that nature, all of that can come in to be a problem for Gene or, or at least complicate a lot of things for Gene. What do you think, Jonathan? You deal with a lot of the international crowd in, in uh, some of the countries that don't flow as easy as the Americans and UK. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think there's any stigma of having a Russian driver. There's been Russian drivers around for a while. Um, but I think if I, I hope that Gene Haas has done a straight deal for the seat only. And we did discover in our interview with Gunter that that is the case or we think it's the case because I asked him directly if 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 they were going to do a, a racing point where, you know, um, it, it was a sort of investment in the team to bring his son into that team as he did in Racing Point from Williams. So, um, you know, uh, but that's not the plan because my concern is, you're absolutely right, Les, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, 
forget the ideologies uh, dealing with Russian businesses uh, and Russian money, as as is the same with Chinese money and businesses, is no 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 mean fat uh, no mean feat for a Western company or a company based here. And so I hope it's a a straight deal for the seat and not um, you know mixed up in sponsorship and so on, uh, because that 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 would I, I think that will prove to be uh, tough. Um, and they've already had some embarrassment with rich, um, you know, with rich energy. Um, and they don't need they don't need that going forward. Yeah. And two things. One, I think if it were just a young Russian kid that had battled his way and earned a seat. Great. Nobody's going nobody ever is going to have any problem with that. But with this with the money involved and where that money comes from, what kind of company is it? It's just. You know, I just don't know. And you said it, Jonathan, I don't want another rich energy disaster. And right out of the box, Mazepin, you know, grabs the girl and causes a problem, posts it on social what? media. And Hey, some people might not be aware of what happened. Why don't we tell that story? Yeah, and so essentially uh, they were in a car, Maz, Maz, I mean, she's, yeah, Mazepin and a girl. Apparently it was a friend of his or supposedly, and he grabbed her chest and then it got posted on his Instagram. Apparently it was posted by her as uh, what it all looked like, you know, but you don't know the whole story. And it's just, this is just Not a good look either way. Yeah. No matter what. And then he apologized for it. And then this week he deleted the apology. So it's like, Oh, come on. We just, you know, I felt like last year with the rich energy that it was kind of, you know, we kind of looked like a laughing stock a little bit because it was so embarrassing because the guy was a, a bonehead, the CEO, <laughs> and it just looked bad. And I just don't want to have that again. And, you know, I, I just I think you've got Fittipaldi. We had him on the show. He was so great, so mature. And he he never missed a step behind the wheel. So it was all good. But, guys, we need to take a break. But when we come back, back we're going to play that clip from Gunther. That's a long clip, and it talks all about this. So stay tuned with us, and we'll be back after a quick break. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jonathan, why don't you set up this clip a little bit with Gunther? You cut it up for me and set this up and, like, when we got it and... What he's about to talk about. About Mazapam? Yeah. 
Well, uh, the, the long clip, yeah, it's got Masbin and everything else in it. Well, the long clip, yeah. It's yeah. Got well, everything else. Uh, basically, yeah. Well, we got Gunter on at a time. Well, obviously, we actually got him on. Oh, we got trouble with Jonathan's mic on Zoom. But the second half of the interview with him, we talked to him about the decision to both both pick um, Schumacher and Mazepin. And he was very honest. And we got the, the real inside story, which was it was Gunter's idea. And he sold it basically to Gene Haas to do something different. And he said, you know, even in the time of Dave O'Neill, um, you know, they if you remember back when they chose Grosjean, when they chose uh, Magnussen uh, the second year, um, you know, they've always been a little bit quirky and, and Gunter's big part of that. And I think we've seen that in Drive to Survive. So I put it straight to him. You know, why, you know, what, 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 what was the choice in, in having those two young drivers? All right, hold on. We, we, man, this new COVID age of technology, trying to get Zoom and everything else going. All right, we got the clip ready. Let's go. Gunter, I got a question, um, and and I guess it's it's too early to to, to to be definitive on it. But you you in another interview with Sky were talking about how you and Gene are now looking to spread out and look for sponsorship and and look to kind of um, you know bolster the money you can spend. The move with Nikita, obviously he's a good driver, but he obviously comes from a wealthy background. Could you see an opportunity for Dimitri to get involved the same way that Lawrence Stroll did in Formula One with Gene? No, not at the moment. Uh, 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 G decided uh, a few months ago when we re-signed the commercial agreement that he wants to keep the F1 team. So uh, I think at the moment, Gene is pretty happy with uh, how we are conducting business and how we do it. What he's not happy with, obviously, is our performance. But uh, we will get that one back, to be honest. We worked hard on it. We, we got a little bit uh, uh, put back last year. Our car wasn't good enough. This year, we have got... Uh, the pandemic, we had the pandemic, uh, the engine is not the strongest one, we, we stopped development, so we know why we are where we are, it doesn't mean that we can get it fixed quick, but uh, my aim is to fix it for 22, to be back to a form uh, better or similar to 2018, so, uh, but in the moment, uh, uh, Gene wants to keep the, the, the team uh, uh, to himself. And just to explain, John, what I meant by that, Dmitry uh, Mazapan is a wealthy businessman from Russia, and I wondered if the model was similar to what Lance Stroll did, which was his son, Lawrence, uh, sorry, Lawrence Stroll did with Lance. And obviously mm-hmm. Lance was at Williams and the pair of them went lock, stock and barrel effectively to Racing Point. Uh, he bought the team and put his son in there. Uh, they had Perez there and now they'll have Vettel. So the model I was alluding to was could uh, Dimitri Mazepan play a similar role with Gene Haas? And, and I think the answer was clear. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I want to play one more Gunther clip, and this one goes into the the full, you know, all the talking about all the young drivers and how they end up with a lot of these decisions. So here's Gunther Steiner again. <laughs> yeah, they have children, you know. They could be my children, you know. They are early 20s. So, uh, no, no, uh, uh, I think uh, – this year, when it was like, what are we going to do? How we go forward? How is Haas F1 going forward? At some stage, uh, it came to me that we need to make a change. We cannot keep on do, uh, doing always the same, doing more of the same, you know, just get a little bit of uh, refreshing into it. And also financially, you know, where do you put your uh, uh, efforts and, and your resources, you know, financially and, and uh, people-wise? So 
uh, I came up with the idea, uh, you know, we, we should change drivers, maybe go to two to, to young drivers because uh, 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 next year will be a transitional year because next year uh, the cars from this year will be reused because the, uh, uh, because of the pandemic there was uh, we had shutdowns and uh, we didn't want to develop new cars for financial reasons and timing wise reasons. So I think next year is a good year to make that transition. And if you want two new drivers, I was in the opinion that we should get them now so they are ready for 22 when the new regulations come out. And and uh, uh, at that stage said, hey, uh, we have been always said we want experience. You know, we are known to do things sometimes a little bit different and Dave was part of that of that one as well. And they're all surprised, you know, the people which are in it along, why you do not more of the same like everybody else. You know, sometimes you have to experiment a little bit and uh, that is what we like to do. So I, I went to Gene with the idea. I said, hey, Gene, how about if we go forward a different way, you know? And uh, for sure, you know, Gene uh, likes his stability and everything. So there was, a, I wouldn't say skeptical, but a little bit, it, it took him some time and I explained him the pros and I explained him also the cons because uh, there is also uh, things which can go wrong. And we know that there is a risk with anything you change. Uh, and, and then we decided, uh, let's do it. And then uh, uh, we looked at Formula 2 and uh, see who is good. Uh, Formula 2 this year, it's a very competitive year. It, it, sometimes uh, it's going, it's not as competitive this year. There are a lot of good drivers there. We looked them up and uh, 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 I spoke with a few of them and uh, uh, Nikita uh, has got sp some sponsors behind him. Then I went to speak with Ferrari about who they had because they have five drivers this year in Formula 2. Uh, uh, almost a quarter of the field is theirs. And then we started to look at who, uh, who, will, who is the best or who, who should make the next step because it's not only being the best, who is the most mature as well. And uh, uh, I think it, it, was, it was going for, uh, back and forward a little bit. And then uh, they decided it was uh, Schumacher. And uh, I mean, obviously, He's leading the F2 championship and uh, he carries a name which uh, in Formula One is, is, is legendary, you know. So uh, there is uh, no negatives. Uh, he, he seems to be fast for sure. Uh, he needs to show it in an F1 car, but uh, his determination, I never worked with, I was never privileged to work with his father. I knew, knew his father not very well, I must admit, but uh, everybody who, who worked with him uh, still sings uh, praises about him. Uh, I think his work ethic is very similar to his father. He's very focused. He wants to be here. He, does, he doesn't want to be here because he's Schumacher. He wants to be here to win championships and be the best. You know, that is a thing uh, 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 which I like with him. And, and Nikita as well wants to, wants to show to the world that he's here for the right reason, you know. So uh, I think we will have some uh, good moments, some bad moments, like you always have with children, you know. So there will be highs and lows. But... Uh, uh, we will navigate through that one and uh, actually look really forward to it, and especially after having had uh, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi in the car today uh, to replace Romain. Uh, it, it is like work with a young driver. I, I mean, just see how they develop and how switched on they are these days. It's quite amazing. Uh, uh, it's like, how, I mean, Pietro wasn't in a, I think he wasn't in a race car for a year now, not, never mind an F1 car, uh, and how, how quick they pick it up. It's quite amazing, you know. It is astonishing to me. I mean, we have done just two, three practices, uh, to be honest, but uh, I think he's in a good part, you know, so I'm not afraid uh, uh, for the uh, of the challenge. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan, you know, what do you think about this? You know, these 
these drivers, you know, you don't you don't really get a chance in F1 to walk in without without the weight of the team on you a lot of times. Well, to be honest, that I think is the most exciting part if, if, if we've delved into why, but think about it from the driver's point of view, like you say, you, 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 you know, once you get to Formula One, look at Yuki, Yuki Sonoda, he's the other one we're going to talk about in a moment, but, um, and look at Lance Stroll's uh, first year, I mean, you know, you don't get a lot of time, and of course, Alban, you know, and then what's happened to Kvyat and, and Gasly in the past. So, you know, get many second chances in Formula One. And the fact that they both got a year with some help and some tutelage from Magnussen and no expectations because of 2022, uh, mm-hmm. because they know the car is not that great and they're not going to move it for, forward dramatically. I really think it's a huge opportunity for both both drivers to, to you know, wet their feet and, and, and you know, get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Come in, no pressure. It's it's unheard of, really, in Formula One to come in with almost no pressure because, especially as a young driver stepping up like this, it's really, really crazy. You know, we and we haven't even talked about tonight. I know because it's not really been a big surprise. It feels like we've known about it forever, but of course, Checo Perez going to Red Bull and Albon's. You know, that's the thing. Albon is as a reserve. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, what would you do? What would you, if you were Albon, I mean, I guess you, your, your obvious thing is to stay where you are and you, you're, you know, but if you had opportunities, would you get, would you jump, Jonathan? If I were Albon, I'd be on the phone to, to, to Gunter saying I'm a better option than Mazapan or huh. some other team. There you go. What do you think, Les? I'm kidding. I'm, I'm calling Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, look at that experience. I mean, you know, what album's such a nice guy as we've, we've all met him. Um, he's a lovely guy and Mick could do it with, with, with some help. Um, he's got Red Bull's knowledge behind him. He's going to be a reserve driver for Red Bull. Um, but, it, you know, I mean, it's almost a, a pat to nowhere because, you know, there's a whole bunch of Red Bull juniors coming up through Formula 2. You know, Liam Lawson, I've mentioned before, uh, Yuki Tsunoda, you know, <laughs> is another Red Bull junior, um, you know, and then you've got, you know, you've got the drivers for uh, Alpha Tori as well. So it's a tough one. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, John, about a, uh, a, a season without judgment for these for drivers. You're right. No such thing. But you think about it. This is either a chance that nobody's expecting anybody to do any good with all these car changes, owner changes, team changes, personnel amongst the team, not just the driver. But then the ones that are going to hit it and knock it out of the park are going to just be rock stars. And, you know, there's one that always adapts really well, and that's Adrian Newey. I got to say, uh, Checo going to Red Bull to be near Christian and Adrian is kind of the weapon that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about. That combination is so good at a time of change. Now that these are people changing, I mean, yes, we've got some rules that are changing. I mean, there are dynamics and things like that, but you know, arrow changes, uh, there's gonna be less downforce. They were trying to reduce, FIA was trying to reduce downforce by uh, 10% to increase the life of the tires, to make things a little more edgy, all of that kind of thing. Nui is the guy that I'd want on my side of the table when we start looking at screwing with Arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're spot on there, Les, because you're right. The uh, elephant in the room is Adrian Nui, and give him two years 
to sort out <laughs> any inadequacies with that red ball, because that's effectively what you're saying when the new rules don't come in till 22. Give him two excellent drivers, one a young buck and the other a, a steady hand of different teams, including McLaren, including Racing Point uh, in Perez. And yeah, I, if I were Mercedes, I would be worried. Yeah, I think for the first time ever, you could say that because you've you've had no support from Albon. Look, I, I, he was the nicest guy in the world when we talked to him in the paddock and everything, and he has he was fast coming into F1, but he just has not gotten the job done for sure. But Yeah, his, uh, his Toro Rosso days, to me, honestly, were probably better than the Red Bull days. Yeah. Well, less... It felt like he showed better back then. Well, what about that? What about... Perez as a teammate to Verstappen. Number one, I, I want you, first of all, you're not going to have the same pressure. I mean, not, let me rephrase that. So Max has had all these young drivers beside him ever since Ricardo, right? He's had all these young drivers and no one's even been close, but Perez, I, I guarantee you, he may not be quite as fast as Max. Who knows? Maybe he is. This will be really fun to watch this. But he's not going to yeah, feel. Don't the... forget Christian Horner and he have worked together before um, in GP3 or GP2, I think. Um, so they've actually worked together as as team manager and driver before. Uh, and so you know, and Perez is a popular figure, as we saw uh, uh, in his conclusion and win with Racing Point at the end of the season. So uh, clearly, you know, Verstappen's going to have his work cut out um, to stay on top of things next year. I can't wait to see the first lap times with. Perez versus Verstappen to see, you know, we've been wanting this for a long time now. You know, it's funny because we know Max has gotten a lot better when since he was partnered with Ricardo, but this is going to be really fun. Well, guys, we're up against a break. We got lots more good clips. We got the clip from Mazepin, him, I mean, uh, from uh, Yuki Sonoda, excuse me, and we want to play that, but we got lots more to talk about. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there's. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We should have just kept the mics going, man, because we just continued on with this Sergio Perez. I want to, I want to keep going with it a little bit because 
it is going to be a really fascinating story next year. And we were just talking about how, you know, he's not going to get rattled. He's what you say, Les, he's not flappable. And and Jonathan, you were yeah. we, we were talking about the, uh, you know, could it turn into a, an argument with Max? Could they not get along, you know? Well, and, and remember, Perez's 10 million, I don't think is going away. So he is, you could argue, an investor now in the Red Bull future. Um, and, and in his 30s, he's not going to be going anywhere else. And he said, you know, um, you know, that he didn't want another drive. He didn't want to go to Haas. He, he wanted to be part of a project that he could invest in and, and you know, stick his, get his teeth stuck into. And I think this probably will be his big last hurrah. Um, he's so popular in Mexico. Uh, the Mexico Grand Prix goes from strength to strength. He's popular here with the Hispanic fans here in Austin. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, there's a lot. And yet his teammate is probably the most popular driver in the world with the Dutch fans that follow him. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But Checo's no fool. And he's a good, he's like an Alonso. He's a good politician when it comes to Formula One. <laughs> so what I said during our break in our off-mic conversation was, Checo is unflappable. I don't think he's going to be rattled by Max doing what Max does. There's probably going to be one or two close calls early in the season, and Max is going to figure out that doesn't work with Checo. And uh, <laughs> now we just got to go straight up racing. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Well, we haven't seen anybody um, within the Red Bull team challenge Max Verstappen for out and out pace in, in four years. That's true. He won his first Grand Prix, remember? He became a golden boy overnight. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, I want to play this clip from uh, that. Jonathan, once you set this up again, because this is one that you got one back in the Toyota Racing Series. Yeah, um, Yuki, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just aware that maybe people don't know Yuki Sonoda, and he's a great kid. Uh, he's still very young. He hasn't, uh, you know, changed the world, but... Certainly, when he came down uh, in January this year down to New Zealand, he went head-to-head with another uh, Red Bull junior in Liam Lawson, who'd already won the title the year before. So it was a really, um, it was a really good opportunity for him to show what he had, and he just was a runner-up by, by a very small margin, and it was a great battle between them. But, um, yeah, in this interview, you get an idea of who he is, uh, his English is great, um, and um, he's a likable guy, and I think he's going to be popular in Formula One, and I think he's going to get up to speed real quick. 19-year-old Yuki Sonoda of Japan is definitely on the fast track to F1. Already a Honda Dream program member and also a member of the Red Bull Junior team, he's here in New Zealand preparing for his first season in F2 with Carlin Motorsport. Yeah, everything was first time last year. Um, first time I live by myself and also first time in Europe and um, different language and everything was first time. Honda, um, they helped me a lot about sponsoring a lot to, to racing Formula 2. Also Red Bull um, helped me in the simulator or they got a, a lot of experience. There's a quite different uh, type of track and I learned a lot of banking, how to use the banking especially. That was my biggest point for the, uh, these five weeks. And also we needed constantly to be the first um, in the championships and I learned a lot of that. And also everything is the same, car is same, engine is same. So it's really competitive um, and 
you try to you have to work hard um, to be first and also to be constantly in the results. So I really recommend to the young junior driver to come here to race. Man, I am so excited about having this young kid in the sport. I don't know why. I've just, you know, and, and for one, thank you for finding this clip. There's hardly been any interviews with this young guy that I've seen. Yeah, and I think, I think also the fact that he's spent time with Carlin, her great team, and he's been in England. You can hear his English is good. He's been to New Zealand. You know, he, he is the, the weakness, the Achilles heel of all Japanese drivers over the years has been leaving Japan. They're fast as scintillatingly fast in Japan, but they don't travel very well. This guy is part of the Red Bull team. He gets it. He's a friend. He's been around. He's popular. He's now done F2 in Europe and he's been around the paddock. Um, you know, he knows the people he's doing interviews with like Will Buxton. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, he's not gonna be intimidated because he comes with Honda money. You talk about, you know, Verstappen and um, Perez. Well, if either falter, Yuki's ready um, because, you know, I mean, he, he really is. You talk about pressure. He's got the whole of Honda behind him and he is the reason why Christian Horner is keeping his Honda engine come through through 2022 and i can guarantee you that yeah and that's going to be i'd love to you know think about the the way that just having him from japan coming back coming into the sport with honda i mean it's really interesting so uh thinking about how that could be so um hey guys i want to ask each one of you we've got about five minutes left in the show so i want to ask each one of you i'm going to start with you jonathan i want to ask you what do you think the 2020 F1 season is going to be remembered for obvious besides the obvious of COVID, but there's so many great stories, you know, there's just an, an unbelievable, there's, you know, the giant crash with Grosjean and all that, but what do you think the season is going to be remembered for? You know what? I know it's going to sound corny, but there's no question that the, the, the biggest thing that will be remembered in the history of formula one in 2020 uh, and, it, and it counts back to Alex Wurtz and back to that press conference that we were in uh, in 2013, the halo, the halo, the halo, the halo. It saved Romain Grosjean's life and it also saved Liberty, um, what would have been a catastrophe um, in, a, in an already tragic year. Um, but without that halo, um, we could have lost a, a driver this year. Um, and, I, and I have to say, I don't think anything stands out more for me wow that was pretty good considering i did not prep you for that question and i completely <laughs> I, I i haven't really thought it all the way through but that is a, fan, a really great argument there's not much else that you could say is more because there was more than one occasion hell there was in that same race remember the stroll was upside down now that was slow speed but maybe not you know? Said, you know yeah even grosjean said he was not a fan oh of yeah it, and it controversial when it, you know when, it, when we were when we were in that press conference with Alex Wurtz back in 2014 and they they presented that that miniature yep. model with the halo remember right here in Austin and yeah we were all like oh you know is it gonna be any good and hey I know we were definitely towing the company line at least because I really wasn't sure how I felt about it I was like well it's dirt I knew that the argument was that I know it's gonna be safe right it's gonna help safety I don't I didn't know how much but man, that 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 just proved it, and like you said, Grosjean was against it. Lots of people and drivers were against it. So, so yeah. Well, what about you, Les? Twenty twenty season. What's it going to be remembered for? You know, same same incident. 
uh, but a different perspective. The fire, the visual impact of that, and then to see Grosjean get up and get out of it with, uh, quite honestly, minimal injuries. And then I love the investigation that was going into it. And they were looking at the materials and everything that was involved uh, in protecting him beyond the halo. Uh, I love the technology that they're investigating. Gene alluded that uh, FIA was in control of the car and collecting lots of information and data about that. But uh, the visual image, I think we all gasped when we saw that and thought we knew the end of it already and, and so thankful we didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'll take a little bit of a tangent, but a little bit of what you were saying, Jonathan, I think this, what I'm going to think of 2024 is Liberty Media, because think of what they did. They got thrown a curveball like everybody else, and they, so maybe they stumbled out of the gate a little bit because they almost ran the Australian Grand Prix, right? But the way they recovered and made it and really a very memorable season, tons of great racing. We got 17 races at lots of cool racetracks. I think that you got to give Liberty Media huge credit for the, the way they handled the 2020 season. And, you know, makes me proud that this American company is keeping Formula One what it is what it has been and what, and, and keeping the history in it, but moving forward. So I, I think that's what, to me, 2021 really boils down to is how good a job Liberty and Media did. And as somebody's just posted on Facebook, what about Hasegawa from Honda? Do you remember four years ago when McLaren couldn't handle the Honda <laughs> and it was uh, Alonso saying it was the worse than a GP2 engine? Ha! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of McLaren, Zach Brown may be my F1 CEO of the year, man. He took he did not have oh. the third fastest car and ended up in third position. So kudos. Put Andreas Seidel in there as well. Yeah. Well, guys, we are out of time. We want to thank everybody for all of this year. We had some amazing guests all year long. It was a fantastic year in Formula One. We're looking for another good year of Formula One. And, of course, we will be back every Sunday night until the Formula One season. I think next weekend we'll probably have a replay of this show. But <laughs> but other than that, we'll be back in the studio and ready to go. So thanks, everybody. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Holidays to everybody. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Holidays. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 